Hi, Michaela. Hi, Steve. Well, we're back for another AMA, Ask Michaela Anything. Thank you to those who've been sending them in. Please keep sending them in to workshops at MichaelaBohm.com or indeed via Instagram. So here is today's question. To quote, what is it that you believe humans are most commonly in search of in their sexual explorations, consciously and subconsciously? What's possible? What's healthy? What's not? What are we commonly distracted by in this Instagram-promoted, quasi-medicalized, word-salad world? What are we missing? There's a whole bunch of really great questions in there. And so I think there's two ways we can go at this and we can talk about both of them. So the one thing, of course, is what can we do so that our sex lives and our erotic lives, because not everybody has a partner, um, are interesting and exciting and fulfilling. There's that part. And then there is the other part, which is what are we seeing out there and what's being sold as um, achievable or attainable or aspirational that might not be the best way to go at it. And those are, you know, those, of course, intersect in a certain way because we do see a lot more out there nowadays. And a lot of the things I like the medicalized word salad uh, a lot of the things that you see out there particularly on you know places like instagram is um, essentially people who um, have read enough or or seen enough that they can put something nice together that makes people feel like if they do this they will have better sex and one aspect of that is people who go really into, let's say, the sexual mechanics, you know, touch this, know this. Did you know that, you know, this part of your anatomy goes this way? And, you know, there's that kind of stuff um, that's uh, presented out there. And then there's also the kind of myth on what a really good sex life looks like. And that particular aspect of um you know, let's say, how is your sex life better is skill development. But that's only a very small part of what makes sex really actually exciting and not just sex, kind of the erotic, very exciting. And so within that, there's a whole other domain, right? And when these two get conflated, it gets very difficult. So we can talk about the skill development for a moment in the sense that, um, you know, the question is, med is, is mentioning kind of the medicalized advice. So a lot of the things that are in the skill development domain would be things that would center around having better, better sexual skills. And that's better sexual skills on oneself and also better sexual skills on somebody else or with somebody else. And that's definitely worth exploring because... Obviously, we don't learn about sex in the same kind of organized way we learn about other things, because first of all, that's not appropriate at the time where we learn a lot of things, um, you know, meaning in our development. And also it's fraught with all kinds of um, issues from, you know, shame to, um, you know, inappropriateness to lack of information. So most of us come to the actual sexual skill development at a time where we're learning on the job, so to speak, and potentially from people who are not uh, skilled themselves. So in, in the 
quest for a better relational erotic sexual life, it's definitely worth learning more about how our own bodies function, what actually works, what doesn't work, technically speaking, where things are in the body and somebody else's body. How do you attend to those things? I think there is a place for that. And there's people out there who do really good work on actual sexual education. There's also a lot of people out there who are parroting other people's work without really having the underpinnings. But but you can get good information. There's good books and there's good everything that um, allows people to understand how does their body work? How does somebody else's body work? How do you deal with the mechanics of that? And I think that's good to do at any given um, moment in one's life, both solo, because there's nothing like knowing one's own body and being able to give oneself pleasure and, you know, um, well-being, because it's not all about the sex. It's, of course, about the vitality and the aliveness and sourcing creativity and, and pleasure in our own body. That's really, really important. And being able to do that, technically speaking, is great. And then there's, of course, the other aspect, which I'll talk about, which is, I think, more important um, in a moment. And then, of course, if somebody starts a new relationship and uh, in the first flush of uh, sexual excitement, we often overlook certain skill deficiencies in ourselves and others because we can, because it's exciting and there's lots of you know, spark and, and chemistry. But even at that point, it's always good to look at where where can somebody learn a bit more and how can you also, if you have a new partner, play around with, um, you know, kind of getting smooth in uh, the way the bodies interact. And there's a skill component to that. There's also a relational component to that. And then, of course, later in a relationship when... Um, uh, let's say when the first spark is gone, then it gets very important to also learn new skills and stay adventurous within the relationship so that new things can happen together. And that's sometimes fraught with a little bit of uh, trouble because often people come to that exploration with the, you're not doing it right. This doesn't feel great anymore. It's never felt great, but I've pretended it feels great. But now that we're together for five years or 10 years or seven years, I, I have to tell you, it doesn't feel great. right? And that's not a good place to come at it. A much better place to come at it is from the viewpoint of we've gone this far and now let's go on an adventure together and learn some new things and deepen our engagement um, as a couple uh, willing to be adventurous in that domain, you know, adventurous and adventurous in that domain. So that skill development when it comes to, let's say, what our questioner calls the medicalized world salad on you know social media or things like that. But then there's a whole other realm that I think is even more important. And it's more important because it's the embodiment on a daily basis that makes it possible that we are turned on, that we have pleasure, that we feel excited, um, that we're ready to engage with ourselves and someone else. And that you can't just hack with some um, you know, good mechanics. That's something that has to be cultivated throughout day and life and 
um, within ourselves and in the relationship because it's something that needs to be, so to speak, installed in the body as a way of feeling the body and feeling somebody else through the body. So that's the skill development mechanics part, and that's really important. But the thing that I'm much more interested in, and of course, that's also where all our work centers, is how do you um, inhabit your body in a way that allows you to have, let's say, a vital, pleasure-filled um, life that's kind of turned on, so to speak, not just by sex, but by uh, the engagement with life itself. And then out of that place comes a much uh, deeper engagement with the more sexual and erotic dimension, because of course, that sexual and erotic dimension gets um, unfolded in a body and the body is either open and vital and energized and, and ready to feel and ready to connect, or the body is shut down, uh, neglected, um, you know, and there isn't much happening because somebody spends too much time in their head, too much time doing, too much time on their various devices, scrolling through Instagram for sex tips or whatever else, <laughs> right? So there's something to be said about understanding how to inhabit the body fully in a way that allows us to um, really avail ourselves of our sexual and erotic and creative energy throughout our lives. And also understanding that the five senses, uh, which is the central engagement or central, you know, aliveness is really the portal and the pathway into the more erotic pleasure, sexual stuff. And so that's really, really important to know and understand because you can know all the mechanics if you have spent most of your day every day on your computer, sitting down in your head, thinking about stuff to do, then your body doesn't really actually have pathways readily available at all times, so to speak, to conduct pleasure and vitality and energy and turn on. And we see that a lot in any of our workshops where people come and say, you know, they're willing, they want to, um, they're, you know, they are in relationships or they're starting relationships, but, they, you know, they're just not feeling much. And of course, that's always true when you're not uh, deeply connected with those aspects of your body which you're not when you're spending all your time in your head. So a good way to look at how can we make um, our erotic engagement more exciting is to understand some of the, let's say, principles that make that happen holistically or sustainably. And so the first principle is, of course, the principle that we talk about a lot and also, of course, a lot of my teaching in the Wild Woman's Way and the study groups and everything centers very strongly around um, understanding energy distribution in the body. Um, and this is true for men and women alike, where essentially we need to understand that our body is extremely energy efficient and wherever our attention is, our energy goes. And because we have a finite amount of energy in our body, our body will pull from the areas where we don't need it at the moment into the areas where we need it. So typically here, which is why there's a lot of 
head, neck, jaw, shoulder tension, because the energy pools up there where it's needed. And then whatever most uh, is activated or whatever patterns are most used, in this case, mostly head, neck, shoulder, thinking, doing, directing patterns, that's where the strongest pathways are. And then down here, where all the pleasure and the creativity and aliveness and sexual engagement lives, um, there isn't much pathways available because we are not actively practicing that as much as we practice this. So that's that's a very quick snapshot of energy distribution. And we can point to some of the, I have some free um, lectures and stuff on that as well, where I go into great details. So I don't want to go too deep into that. We can post those links underneath. But that's a big thing to understand. Once we understand energy distribution, we can practice and engage with those parts of the body that can be more alive and more engaged so we can bring it to our lives and our relationships and our hopefully exciting sexual engagement. So there's that piece. And that's super important because only when you have proper uh, pathways and proper um, aliveness channels, so to speak, will you be able to reliably go there fairly quickly? And, and that's also important because you don't want to just be able to do that when your partner presses all the right buttons, hopefully. You want to be able to bring that so there's more available to play with. So that's the first thing. The second thing, and this is super, super important, um, and our questioner is going about what are we missing when we look about you know, look at, at sexual and erotic excitement. Well, one of the things we're often missing is what um, we like to call flavors in, in our work. And this year, particularly, I've uh, leaned quite heavily into flavors because it's one of these overlooked, amazing tools for all kinds of aspects, including the erotic. And originally when I created the whole body of work around flavors, it was mostly so that in the erotic play, uh, internally as well as with a partner or in the dating aspect where you're trying to get a, a partner, you are able to inhabit different aspects of yourself and not just the same old, same old, same old. Because in uh, human beings, flavors are very, very important. We like new, we like different, we like exciting, we like, uh, you know, nobody really wants to have the same, um, you know, flavor every single day. And that's really important to know. We don't wear the same outfit or eat the same food. Well, some of us do, but most of us like <laughs> new things and new variety and that's flavors. And so when we are able to actually embody flavors, meaning different aspects of us, then our erotic life becomes way more interesting and way more fun. And people know that instinctively because, you know, there you hear people talk about role play or pretending they don't know each other or going to some different place or, you know, in nature or on a vacation or whatever. And then their erotic life kind of reinvigorates because different things and new things are exciting in the erotic domain. And the more um, flavors you have available, the more you can play in those different domains. And this is, by the way, true for men and women alike, because the reason why 
I always think about that because we buy it every year for the for the pure fun of it. We buy the um, Australian firefighter calendar and put it in the laundry room so everybody at my house gets to have a chuckle about you know some beefy fireman with a tiny little um, you know kangaroo or something like that. And why why is that exciting? Well, because it's a flavor, you know, different the cowboy. The you know, there's all these kind of different tastes that uh, feel fresh and they feel exciting and they enliven the body. Of course, that goes the other way around too. And um, particularly the flavors that we are not are very exciting to uh, to play with in the erotic, both solo and with a partner, which is why different outfits, different hairstyles, different ways of behaving, wigs, you know, all of those things people do naturally. Uh, but that's external. But internally, you can learn how to be, uh, let's say, more cooling energy or very hot and spicy energy, a darker kind of erotic tone or a very light, sublime tone. You can learn these things in the body. They're like postures, like um, yoga postures, so to speak, you know, flavor postures. And those flavor postures are all parts of us. They're just the parts that are not naturally developed. And within that, there lies an incredible um, potential for erotic play and sexual play and um, aliveness and, you know, newness and, and delight, so to speak. So I think that's a really overlooked area that anybody can do, regardless if they are starting out in a relationship or they are 20 years in and it's all ho-hum because it's pizza every day, so to speak. <laughs> and... Uh, that's that doesn't it's not kinky in the sense that you have to do whips and change and uh, chains and dungeons and role play and pretend you you don't know your partner in some you know far away hotel even though that's also fun perhaps but it's more that you can at different times load up different energies and really have some uh, excitement again and that's what most people want they want a bit of excitement and they want a bit of something that feels, um, you know, new and fresh and um, out of the ordinary. And when you rely on external sources for that, you're going to run out of things to do or ideas. And of course, everything you've done before isn't quite as exciting the second time around if it works. And if it doesn't work, then it's, oh, well, that wasn't great. But flavors, there's a million of them that you'll never run out of things you can play with. And that makes it quite um, useful in relationship. So one of the reasons I'm so excited about flavors, and I really leaned in this year with flavors, um, is that it really gives you a whole other um, entry into relationship, but also into the way you can live life. And it started with creating the flavor immersions of which we will do two this year, one in um, Australia in April and one in uh, October in Portugal. And the flavor immersions were really meant as a way to give women a tool and uh, an entry into something that enlivens uh, the kind of sexual relationship, the erotic engagement, but also the creative and interestingly enough, also aspects like boundary setting or, um, you know, engaging with some flavors that are very badass that 
bolster us in our lives. So that's how it started. I started creating these immersions and we did one last year and we're going to do two this year. And then I created the card deck as a means to support the immersion by giving specific flavors to uh, resonate with and vibrate with. And then, of course, I wrote an oracle uh, set, an oracle book with the card practice set because, uh, you know, it felt great. But And then I created the Flavor Families, which is an online five-part program where uh, online, we're also working with how are these different flavor families applicable in uh, life and in uh, business and in sex and in creativity. So there's a whole bunch of uh, really, really dedicated immersions available because I think it's one of those things that really gives um, anyone who can go there, the kind of the edge in their lives in a very, um, you know, exciting and positive way, in, in a way that you can only get through practice. Uh, you can understand these things, but you have to work them through the body. And once they work through the body, they become kind of an intuitive way of actually engaging with all different aspects of life, which just have a little bit more available. It's along the lines of what archetypes can do, but it's much more specific to the erotic and relationship and creativity and um, extra kind of oomph or power. And so um, that said, that I think is a really, really important thing for any human to engage in, having more capacity, having more variety, and also um, having the muscle to bring that forth. And then I think the last thing to mention in response to this questioner's um, you know, thoughts on what's important, why do we want things, what do we want? Well, I think when we really look at it, and, and this is the, you know, this is always the conundrum when uh, we work with people, is that we want both. We want the amazing relationship that's safe and secure and uh, loving and connected. Uh, but we also want excitement and we want the sexual spark and um, we want it all. And there's nothing wrong with wanting it all. And I think it can be had. And I know people who have it all, but it takes a bit of discipline. And it takes a bit of discipline because it requires that you constantly update your software, so to speak, very much um, like uh, one has to update the software on, you know, Zoom or something to stay current, that also has to happen in relationship. And we tend to not do that because, of course, the way human beings are built is we kind of relax into a situation and we go along and um, we are somewhat complacent in our behavior, but our mind and our desires want the update. And so there's a there's often a huge gap there between um, what we're actually doing on a day-to-day -day basis in our relationship with our own erotic body as well as with someone else and what we wish we had. And that's, of course, where social media comes in as something that can be very, you know, detrimental and pernicious because we see things that we want and there's promises of that being available and um, I, I'm not even going to go there because, of course, a lot of that isn't 
isn't really based in reality, but we have a taste of that and we want that. But what we actually do in a relationship or in our own engagement with ourselves is not actually updating the software regularly, learning new skills, um, installing new uh, behaviors, patterns, flavors, uh, things of that nature. So there is always an option and uh, you know a possibility to really update our own place in where we sit in the relationship and where we sit in our own body with ourselves and not assume that what worked in our 20s works in our 40s or 50s. Uh, but that constant updating both physically, emotionally, uh, in our erotic skills is super important, which is why something like flavors is, you know, one way to really uh, do that. The other thing, of course, is that um, within the update of who we are, we have to also look at what are previous imprints and what have we kind of brought with us from um, earlier relationships or childhood imprints, parental imprints, uh, the relationships we saw and thought were the relationships that people had versus the kind of relationship we want or we want now. So there's an updating that has to happen occasionally where we, um, let's say, review our view on things. We also review our purpose of relationship. We've talked about that quite extensively. What is the purpose of a relationship? Are two people still aligned? If you go out and date, what is the purpose of your desired relationship? Who are you? What do you bring into this? Uh, who is the other person? Does that actually match up with your desires? Does it match up with your erotic expectations? Does it match up with your lifestyle? So there's a whole um, examination that should happen on occasion um, so that you're current with uh, who you are and how you bring yourself into relationship. And then as we go deeper into our lives, we of course accumulate a certain amount of gunk, let's say, meaning imprints and patterns and aspects of how we see ourselves in relationship that have gone by the wayside, either because we've grown and developed or we are now mature enough that we don't have to replicate the patterns of our childhood or um, imprints from previous lovers or relationships that really hinder us in being fully present with our current exploration, whatever that is. So that's also a really, really important piece. And that's often neglected when we only look at the mechanics that sometimes it needs a good to stick with the computer analogy defrag, meaning we have to get rid of things. We have to reprogram stuff. We have to release stuff. And a lot of that um, has to do with actually getting it out of the body somatically. So it's not enough to just talk about it. And it's not enough to have emotionally processed things. You have to essentially do the talking about it, um, uh, sorting through the feelings and then getting it out of the body. And that's kind of another one of those things that I really love uh, for my own personal exploration, as well as in the way we're teaching, because that whole um, freeing oneself from those imprints is so fundamental. When you do that, 
body, heart and mind, so to speak. You can actually be fresh and you can be present and you are not carrying your own entire history um, with you. And so to that extent, we've created an entire body of work that's called Love Lineage and Liberation, where we look at parental imprints, previous partners imprints. This year, for the first time, I've talked about this a lot in podcasts, but this year for the first time, I'm actually teaching it where we're looking at how to get the imprint of a lover that's very deep out of the body and replace it with a more devotional expanded non-specific imprint so that we're not constantly you know fantasizing or through the heart coming back to a partner who's no longer there who left or is not good for us and that's super super important because when you have that shaped you know the previous partner shaped hole then you're not as likely able to engage deeply both erotically and relationally with someone new freshly. So that kind of pulling those old imprints out is also super important. Mm -hmm. And um, I've talked about this a lot. And um, this year I've decided to actually teach it um, in an organized fashion because people always ask about that. How do you remove a previous imprint uh, from the body and how do you actually become current? So, uh, that's another thing that we do, of course, and that I think is super important when we look at um, how to get under it. And I'm sure you'll link to that, but uh, we're doing a Love Lineage Liberation in Portugal in March, and we're doing one in April in Australia this year, uh, because I think um, when that's when that's handled, then everything else is fresh, and then you can come to whatever form relationship you want to engage with, with a clean slate and with the experience, but not the baggage. And that of course is super exciting in, in all kinds of domains. Very interesting, Michaela, thank you. And next time we are going to deal with this question, an AMA question, I'm going to tease it here in advance of our next episode. I am looking for a partner. How can I be more attractive to men? What should I prioritize? Radiance? Attitude? Physical appearance? So that's next episode's question. Michaela, thank you very much. Thanks, Steve.